Welcome to episode 25 of the Travelling Wellness Show. Now I'm not too sure what your experience is, but I grew up in a place which just seemed to breed talent, and boy have some names come out of that little town. Today's story though seemed like an unlikely one, as a local kid with no obvious special talent for any sport in particular, just decided to try his hand at what was on offer, and in the process, achieved a sporting high that most never dream of. Lachlan Tame decided just to give life a good crack, and a good crack he did, landing himself on the podium of the 2016 Summer Olympic Games in Rio. From sausage rolls and the weekly drunk shenanigans of a teenager, today's interview takes us into the mind and motivations of a person just like us, not necessarily amazing at any one thing, but tenacious enough to disrupt the status quo. Enjoy this episode, guys, brought to you once again by Cell Charge. You are listening to Caravan Conversations with Shannon Brenton. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Caravan Conversations is proudly produced by PSE Supplements and explores general health, nutrition and lifestyle with one of Australia's most experienced clinicians. Now, let's get into the show. Alright, welcome to Caravan Conversations. I'm Shannon Brenton, your host and owner of PSE Supplements. Today I'm sitting with a guy who uh, wandered into one of my clinics about eight years ago now and requested a uh, diet for performance. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it. That's Which, what I was looking for, to get rid of the pimples and get better at what I did. Yeah, pretty cool. So, uh, Lockie, welcome to Caravan Conversations, mate. Um, been a little while, came across you in uh, Burley last week. Yeah, just grabbing a coffee, just passing the time as the... Walking around with your dog, which is nice. Yeah. So things have changed a bit, mate, since we spoke last time. You... Um, Local boy, um, hanging around a Vocus Surf Club, showing some promising signs and some good talent, and uh, now we've just cleaned up a bronze medal at the 2016 Rio. Yeah, it's pretty different. I um, when I when I bumped into you, I was probably 18, 19, and um, was just looking to get better at what I did and be healthier and learn about food and what not to eat the pies and <laughs> what, what what to eat and. All that kind of stuff. I, but, um, I guess just talking about pies, that's pretty much the stable uh, diet for uh, the, the average tradesperson, yeah? Yeah, that's that's it every every day. I think I've had five this week. I'm in a bit of a downtime after oh, the good boy. Down, So, yeah, I'm, I'm making the most of it. Carbon up. Yeah. Now tell us, um, mate, it's been a massive journey. So, obviously, you go from, you know, are you a chippy or a... Yeah, a yeah. chippy builder by trade, so... Yeah, cool. So, that was obviously always the... The aspiration, get out after school, learn a trade, make some cash, yeah, provide a nice life for yourself, yeah. So whereabouts in the uh, in this context of life did winning a uh, you know a major event like this come up? Well, I think in school you just give up at everything you possibly ever want to do. You just you know you don't have to try. It doesn't matter if you fail. You got to do this, and then you get a job all of a sudden, and you you learn that you got to you got to put into what you do and. You got to commit. You know, you can't not turn up on Monday. You got to be there. You got to be there on Friday at four o'clock or whenever it is. And then that kind of work ethic, I suppose, fell into sport. And about that twenty years of age, I was trying to look for a bit more and what you know, push. Why not make the most of what you're doing and stuff like that? But then, skip forward a little bit. I had a bit of a bet in uh, 2010, so six years ago. So I just uh, had a meeting with you a couple of times re- regarding diet and a bit of a gym program and stuff like that. You were working. At a store back then, but um, that was about it. And then had the bet, thought it was going to be super easy to go to London Olympics, and soon found out it was quite a, <laughs> quite a challenge. 
Oh, gee. And, and hang on, Dick. I don't want to sound like a prick, but this is the guy who uh, has said publicly that he, he wasn't the world's most gifted human as far as sport went. Yeah. And also, you refer to yourself as a bit of a chubby kid. So it's not like you were killing it, right? You weren't someone who was, you know, just blitzing every sport. <laughs> no, I just I just seen, I was, I was going all right at one sport that I did, the, the surf life saving side of things, and keeping up, winning a couple of races here and there. And I thought, oh, well, I'm keeping up with those guys. I might as well give it a shot and try and try and match it in what they do overseas and try and live the endless summer for a few years. And um, it's sort of, for me, I was quite fortunate. I got a few, like, stepping stones. I was always meeting little miles and goals and getting the little things that I wanted to get done. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't overdriven to do it. Obviously, I'd had the bet in October of 2010 at the surf club on the drink one night. But... Um, and what was that bet? You started to allude to the bet. What was the bet? The bet was uh, five grand that I wouldn't make the Olympics. That you wouldn't make the... And that was any Olympics, not nah, just that London. Was, that was the Olympics, like talking about London, but it stood as a, as a goal to me to prove. And it's not out of spite or anything like that. It's just like, you reckon I can't do it? I'll give it everything I've got that can do it. So it's a, it was just a bit of a driving behind me all the time, but also at the same time, I was like, hey, why not try and work? Like, Mate, now's your chance to name the real good mate who bet <laughs> against you. <laughs> six years ago who, who bets their mate they won't make it so that'd be that'd be Faggy or Trent McClucky my mate, another 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 tradie from around home so um, yeah he was a like we're good bloke he's a good bloke he just it was actually quite funny I wore his shorts the day I got selected to make the Olympics just as a bit of an omen because we swapped pants one day he was going out in the drink and I had to be the athlete and go home and not do it anymore but um, yeah it's it's a pretty cool little little way I suppose you don't meet many people that um say they had a bit of a bet to get to the Olympics and you meet a lot of people, they, they say, oh, I woke up, you know, I want to be a five-year-old, I want to be the Wallabies, I wanted to be this and I never really thought of it. I thought, you know, it wasn't great at sport, had a lot of fun, did as much exercise as I could to miss school but never, boy. N- never, never, <laughs> never excelled. It wasn't like the, the superstar kid that made every single team or made every, you know, got a medal in everything like that. I just enjoyed it, just tried to get out of the house and not get stuck doing chores or something like that but... um. And so this bet happened the same year, though, that you went and did your first uh, kayaking regatta, yeah. got, it, got in the boat and literally fell out the other side, right? So I, um, I, yeah, I had the bet in October and the first regatta was pretty much now in Nove- like end of November, start of December. And well, I thought, here we go, like, this is it. I had um, Ken Wallace in my race, in my heat, and I thought, this is the one, like I rocked up. And Ken Wallace, just for everyone listening, is actually the man that you won bronze with now in Rio, yeah? Yeah, well, we end up partners partner. a few years later, but lucky he doesn't know I fell out in that race, so it was quite interesting. But um, I hopped in, I put my Bob Marley singlet on, got told I couldn't wear that, so I had to jump back off the water, wear a, a registered singlet for the race, and finally got down the start line, went to take my first stroke, and whoosh, I was straight in, the, straight in the water. Wow. So straight in, had to paddle back down the course, the... Down back down the side of the course, shamefully soaking wet, full of water. Tail between your legs. Tail between my legs. The boys, the boys rang me and messaged me later. Why didn't you, why didn't you start the race? You know, you bit of a punch, like you have a dig, like you went down there to do it, do it. And I said I did start. I fell in. <laughs> so that was the end of it, was it? Yeah, that was. I, you don't get to get back in your kayak and no, finish the race. It's all done. over. Yeah, you. You're probably a minute behind by the time you get back in. So, so you've specialised in. So, um, just for people that know, it's the K2 event was the one that you won bronze in, which is essentially a two-man event, right? Yeah. Two men, one kayak. Yeah. Yep. So front man, back man. We're not rowing. We go. We go forwards. Yeah. Rowing's like driving reverse up the freeway. Of course, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We go. We go forwards, but um. And so you and Kenny have uh, you got uh, you, uh, world champion titles in the 500? Is that right? Yeah. So we've won a K2 500 at World, which is a non-Olympic event, but still you got. 
plenty of Olympic champions in it. It's yes. just another a world title is a world title. So of course, why not contest that and give it a crack? But and so then, we and you had silver also in the thousand. Yeah, two. You just got bronze in the Olympics. Yeah, so we we dropped off one, but I'll I'll take the bronze at the Olympics. It's pretty. It's like the peaking event of the whole world. Like that's where everyone turns up to be the best of every four years. Like, I suppose it's a bit hard to be on your A game every year, but the four years is. It's on. Game on. Oh, mate, it's massive. And uh, tell me this. How how big? It's funny because you know, I was watching you just like everyone else from the hometown of Avoca Beach. And uh, everyone's rooting for you. But how how significant is the stress? Do you, does that just, does that go out of your mind? Or, oh. or are you sitting there thinking, hey, this is the Olympics. I've got to like, rip shit and bust and get this done. There's a there's months. Like, you, you, you're months out. Like, you absolutely... I get cold sores from stress sometimes. And you, you you're fretting like you... You're in your room and you get kind of worked up, and then you got to just like have a couple of minutes and calm down and sort of yep. find yourself again because it's crazy. But then I was quite fortunate. I um probably you won't meet a more relaxed person that went into an Olympic final. I was I've made a few finals in my time and won medals and had big 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 events and I suppose this was the culminating of all my big events and I wasn't one bit nervous. I um I read an article by a mate that from Canada and he um he buggered up he was a he's got four medals at the Olympics since Athens so he's pretty Jeez. got a bit of credentials in him yeah. and um he he just didn't have the semi-final that he needed coming into in Rio and I read what he did we've done a lot of time with him he's he's looked after my dog before we've now we're good mates and I really respected what he's got to say and I read it and um, he's like I just paddled the best thousand meters I could have paddled and I was like that's not pretty good so I went out the next day and just went I'm never going to paddle on this lake again. Like I was in the middle of Ipanema City, which is like Rio, which is Copacabana, which is one of the most iconic places in the world, I suppose. It's got Christ Redeemer on the hill and yeah. things like that. And I looked up and was like, wow, this is just like, you know, me just having a good time. Let's chill out and just enjoy it. Like just chew, chew and gum all day and just enjoy it. Like I just relax and I couldn't, I couldn't fathom how I wasn't nervous, but I was, I was in me was very, very pumped, but at the same time just really relaxed and just you know you, you've got such a process in the sport like you've got things down to the minute like you take you know you got your pre-race whatever you take power rate or mm-hmm. stuff that you do and you got to just tick the boxes on the way as long as you keep ticking your boxes you're you're sweet and i remember the i think that's all bullshit mate i, I think it's the backwards hat myself yeah. and the cool sunnies <laughs> yeah the backwards hat i i didn't want to wear it's like a you're hat. going for a skate down at avoca Kenny wears a hat. I think he's going a bit thin in the front, so he tries uh, to cover up the hair. But um, Kenny. I can't deal with the distraction of the hat, so I had to wear it backwards. And I'm a bit filthy personally because I look like a ninja wearing a <laughs> white visor backwards. But um, how big of influence was Kenny? Because he's got he's got Olympic experience, right? Yeah, he's got plenty. Like he's a he's a a, a world class Olympic class. One of the I think he was the athlete, nearly the athlete Olympics in in Beijing, and he's got such a calm head on him. Um, Look, yeah, he's he's taught me so much in what I do. There's a lot of people that have taught me a lot, and he's he's one person that I've I suppose I got trust in, and that's a big thing. You got to have trust in I suppose your teammates and everything you do, and you know you got to back them 100. percent And you know if we we're in the trenches and we had to hold the bayonets up or something like that, he'd be there and he'd have your back. Like that's the kind of trust we had for each other. So he's been really good in having that. He's got a really cool, calm, collected head. Like he always leaves it to the last minute to finish the race. Like in our heat, we we got pass like we probably shouldn't have got past but we did that's what happened he just didn't see the people and he was like oh they're in front of us so he just pulled the pin and did the semi Lucky, but he get paddling yeah so but the, the final like he knows when how much you've got in you or things like that like he 
You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. He wants to finish strong, and you'll yeah. preserve for a part of the run. And a thousand k is a long way, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a bit of torture. It's um you're lactated in about thirty seconds, I reckon. So yep, it's all starting to go downhill from there. So how, where's where's the difference in prep between you know like the five hundred and the thousand? Because I've got um, to imagine like five hundred sprint, it's just power. And you boys, your starts are awesome. You're just powering hard out of the gates. Yeah, so there's two events for us in the Olympics: two hundred and thousand. They're like the two things, and five hundred is very sort of similar. It's it is harder, like and faster. It's you got to be more an explosive. So I'm quite an explosive person. I kind of go out and put the parachute on halfway and hang yeah. on. Yeah. But um, it is it is a lot different, like training for that shorter distances and the longer distances, and we get a we get a few few big weeks out in the year, like up to nearly 180, 200 k's a week, and your arms feel like a bunch of spaghetti hanging mm. on the, on the body, but um, it's all it's all relative, you know. You got to look at what you are doing, and we're looking to do three minutes ten as best as we can do. So it's it's an interesting little setup, but yeah, it's good. You're obviously a very mentally driven person. You don't have the uh, the raw talent that some people just pull out of the out of the the bag. You know, some people have just got that in sport. They can just go in and make it happen. Mundine's a good example. He can box. He can do basketball. He can skip like no yep. one else. He can play football. You know, um, what what's what's your secret? You know, like I'm I'm staring here at your bronze now, and it's it, it's an amazing feat. You know, for someone that isn't really just a natural athlete so is it just a mental aptitude and is it you know you said something before about you know if you had to hold a bayonet with a mate and I've heard you say this before in some um in some um um sort of public pieces that you, it was almost like going to battle for you and you you know you die for your, your teammates yeah. you've got that team sport kind of thing going on don't you yeah I think I still wish I played footy <laughs> but um it's a yeah it's a funny thing I don't I suppose I'm not you know, look. You look at people in in sport, and they're gifted. Like they've just got hypermobility, or they're massive, or they got this. I'm just a little dude. I'm not the strongest. I'm just. I think what being, I suppose, not great at anything when I was young. Like I was alright at stuff, but not great. It taught me to have fun with everything I did, and it, like you really. And as much because I wasn't great, also I wasn't having. I was having fun, and I was trying to find the easiest ways possible to do everything. Like wasn't the strongest, right? I'll get the most nimble. Like I'll dodge that. I'll do this. Yeah. And, so I think I'd try and do the little things right. And I, you, you, you mentioned on that sort of die for your mates mentality. Like I, you, you um, it's a, it's a funny thing. Yeah. I would never try that hard for myself. Yeah. And that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Like you're a much better team athlete than you are a single athlete. And it's, and it's not that it's anything like what you'd say going to war or anything like that. But the best thing someone ever said to me, I was walking down in Germany to a race. It was to a final and the Kiwi... Kiwi manager or something walked back past an old like tough looking dude and he was like go to war boys and I was just like that guy just nailed it like he's just absolutely got on the head like and it's not what we're doing but it's the kind of mentality you got to take into it you got to you got to be ready to die for what you want to do that day like it's there's the always the, the saying which is a bit cliche in my mind but you know good day to die or whatever like that that saying but um I wouldn't look like that but I look at it more in the way that hey Come on, get behind me. I've got your back. Like, or whatever that is, that's what really gets me. Like, Funny how cliches are cliche, yet, you know, they're there for a reason, aren't they? Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? That's exactly. Hey, right. um, you know, in saying that, mate, you know, I know you like a drink. You know, let's just call, let's <laughs> yeah. just call a spade a spade. Yeah. You like to get on the piss and, and uh, dress up with the boys back home and go to strange yeah. parties and do that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, like for someone that doesn't have that natural talent, you've obviously had to make some pretty dramatic life shifts in order to 
get yourself to the point you did. Yeah. How, how was that for you? Staying off the drink, getting your diet dialed, getting the training right. It's a, it's a it's a whole different realm. Like it's for me being a builder and a carpenter. You, you know, your life was productive in that way. Like you look at the end of the day and you've done it. You built a frame. You've done this. Instant you've done gratification. That. Yeah. There's days obviously you, you get home from training and it's like, what have I done with my life? Like, mm. you know, you you train in the morning. You come home. You have your you have your smoothie. You have your breakfast. You lay on the lounge. You have a quick nap. You get to the gym. You do your gym. You have another nap. Or you you know you constantly just Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly... Some, Train, eat and sleep. I like it. That's that's exactly what I've done sort of the last at least two and a half years. That's I gave up work and... Geez, you're glad you come home with a medal, mate. Your missus <laughs> would have left you. <laughs> was, no, that, was that hard on your on your relationship and hard on your mateship and stuff, like putting that kind of effort in? Um, it is It is interesting. Like you've you got to reflect and I'm pretty good at reflecting now. You've got to, you got to look at amazing achievements and and what you have put aside like and it's and it's not little it's it's little things in the grand scheme of life but you miss you know this wedding or your mate's wedding or an engagement party here and birthdays christmases or anything like that it's always and there's no guarantee of a medal at the end no exactly you're like oh i'm gonna try and do this and they're what what are you doing you've got no idea and then all of a sudden the olympics comes around they're all on board but yeah it's a um it's a big sort of mental stress on everyone that's involved with you but at the same time like we're not doing anything major we're just doing exercise <laughs> but i shouldn't say that i should talk it up and say it's amazing and it is amazing but i got to clean the house every day for my girlfriend and she was frothing so mm, yeah perfect you're home in the middle <laughs> cook, of the day i'd cook good dinner healthy dinner and stuff like that so she was also getting the best of both worlds so does that mean that um you know life as you knew it stopped so you know were you still out being a chippy building houses or or there was like sponsorships involved that meant you didn't have to work how's, how's it work for an athlete i never as such we're not a high profile sport as such but you become a high profile sport i suppose at the olympics and you get your your five minutes of fame and you know you might something might come of that but you um i got a result in uh august of 2014 and i've worked pretty much as best i could full time up to that point like juggling the two and they were the hard years i remember not that i had a lot of money in my sports bet account but i had money in there because you don't want to go to like you take yourself away from those circumstances like melbourne cup day you you don't want to go to the bar and put a bet on just for so you got enjoyment in the race yeah i was like i'll set up a sports bet account i'll stay away from the beers just for that day you know it's a tuesday i got to train i'll just set one of those up and you got a bit of money and then i was struggling for money like 101 pulling money out of that trying to pay off your car and live and stuff like that so that was a the really sort of hard years from, say, 2013 right through to the end of 2014 was like, whoa, what do you do? And then you got a bit of funding based on your results. And it was, for me, it was peanuts compared to what I could earn as a builder. And mm. and it still is. But I looked at it and went, you know what? I've worked for six, seven years. And it's not a long time. My dad just retired after 45 years. But it's I went, I'm going to enjoy this sort of next whatever this period of time period in my life. And, just, yeah. and ride this, you know, I'm not, like you say you're not you aren't partying every week and you're not wasting money you know you go to coffee you get a bacon and eggs and that's it like that's yeah. and you look at that as your fuel that's your life like you gotta you know eating for me was more important than petrol in the car to get to work i can walk to training so yeah um it's a pretty pretty intense kind of lifestyle but it's fun and other than you know those changes to you know uh, what you do where you go what you eat um, you know what you partake in or have to hold back from some other pretty major changes, you've had to move state. So we're yeah. sitting in your lounge room here in Miami in, on the Gold Coast. But, you know, it's a thousand k's from where you normally would be. From home, yeah. It's a um, it's an interesting lifestyle. Like, I've 
moved up. I've packed up shop, sort of down there. I get back there a fair bit now with the with the time I've got. But, um, and why the Gold Coast? Uh, that's we got the AOS base for kayaking. So fortunately, we're not in Canberra. Yeah, jeez, got to be down there. No, I, I couldn't imagine it'd be very fun down there. But I've ventured down there a couple of times for a little testing here or there. But yeah, Gold Coast, you couldn't complain. It's you know, forties all year round, surfing and stuff like that. So it's um, f- you get the full put on. You get your physio, your massages, your you know, you get dietitians for you. You get all that kind of stuff. Yeah, just laid on, and you don't get that. Like training's training. I can do that at Evoker. I can do that anywhere in the world. I can train hard like that's train hard and train smart and get that stuff done but that's half the job you need all that assistance you need those people in your corner helping you yeah to get things done otherwise you just you can't do it you just you'd be a ball of gristle just walking and not moving so yeah absolutely well, i guess that's the thing too isn't it and you know what i say to a lot of people it's a difference between a professional and an amateur athlete yeah. professionals know how to look after their body to provide longevity otherwise you just you're right you get to this point your muscles are so contracted your body's so sore you become so inefficient that um you know the likelihood of yeah. results low because you're fatigued all the time and feeling dreadful well it's like you're trying to do the most intense tense thing in the whole world but you you've got to be relaxed at the same time and how do you how do you balance the two? It's quite a tricky situation, you know. Yep. You see a lot of I um the first ever year I went overseas, I uh my, I went out to my coach at home, Matt Jones. He's he's sort of been very, very instrumental in I suppose coaching me and mental the like you mentioned, the mental side of it and how you can be better and stuff. And I got home and I was doing the two hundred meter race at the time and he, I walked into his house and said, I've got to get stronger. And he looked at me and said, Do you don't reckon there's strong people in the world? <laughs> and I kind of walked back out the door and thought about how I was going to start again and walk back yeah. in. But just little things, you know what I mean? Like you got to, it's not the biggest do is not always going to win. It's, you you got to be the smartest in what you're doing. That's the 1% is going to help you the most. So. Yeah, 100%. Most definitely. Tell us about your, uh, you know, your supplement stack, mate, and how significant supplements have been for you because, um, you know, and you might shoot this down. And this isn't because it's sponsored by a uh, by a supplement company that we, we asked this question, but eight years ago, I remember I put you on beta alanine, uh, which oh. which which was a bit of a game changer for you. Um, you found it an extremely valuable tool mm. in what you were doing. Um, we haven't spoken since. So, um, how important have supplements been in, in your regime? And do you still take beta alanine? I still take beta alanine. I swear by it to this day. I, I love the tingles. It's a um, I know that's not what you take it for. Yeah. I, I soon learned that, but that's part of the fun, I suppose. It's a little kicker, like you, I only take it with paddling and stuff like that. But supplements I've used um, majorly in Australia, I use, <laughs> I drink milk. Yeah. Milk is my recovery drink. Um, it's easy. It's it's not cheap. It's cheapish. It's cheap enough. Yeah. But it also, it's um, it's just I I love it. Like I can't deny that I. How much milk are we talking? Like a, at least two, in training, at least two liters a day. Yeah, really good. So it's it's. I just read a study one day and said milk, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. But I do take a lot of different stuff, like just simple protein bars and stuff like that. Yep. When when I've got them available to me and things like that, but yeah, for in Australia, milk's milk's my go, and then beta alanine live by it. Absolutely live by that. It's, you know, like the ten week block leading up to. So what you're saying then is that uh, a twenty nine dollar tub of beta alanine. And milk got you a bronze medal in the Rio yeah. Olympics. And I reckon I block a Cadbury, Cadbury peppermint chocolate. That yeah. would got me through. Yeah. Some good calories in there. Just, just a little, little kick is just a little mental happiness. 
How did you go from your five pies, mate, to uh, what it takes to become an Olympian? And and tell us about that shift. Was that a hard thing for you? Were you still allowing yourself, you know, the you know quote unquote cheat meal on the weekend? What, what what's a general regime for you? What's a general day's food intake? Well, I'd live on a coffee before, at about four thirty in the morning. So you're I, starting early. Yeah, we're starting yeah. super early. You can't sort of stomach a whole bunch then. Yeah. I did try and take a bit more before like before training but I just couldn't get it in so I was just sticking to coffee and And were you carb lighting the night before or not necessarily I'd eat dinner until it was like a puppy dog laying on the floor yeah yeah so you try to have a surplus the night before yeah you get it into you and then sort of you you have your protein shake whatever it is after training like for me I'm I'm all about a sort of get into you quick as you can what you can I suppose we are doing a lot of high intensity aerobic cardio stuff so that sort of instant recovery is the best thing, like just getting that sort of blood sugars back up and that kind of stuff. Working again is the major thing for me, and then you get home and you have a smoothie. I couldn't stomach breakfast. The Gold Coast is too hot for yeah. for, a, for a, a big eggs cook-up or something like that, but I'd try and squeeze that in after about 10 o'clock or something before lunch. It's funny, you don't go your standard breakfast, lunch and dinner. You have your, you know, your, your little breakfast, your big breakfast, your sort of mid-afternoon two hours before sort of load up meal before the afternoon session and then your big dinner at night so mm. but um tried to be pretty healthy I, a lot of people get a bit caught up in the, the gluten or things like that but if you're doing exercise you 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 can earn the the burn off as well like um and you're doing what works for you of course yeah exactly if you're getting chronic diarrhea and gut pain all day exactly. it might have made you look at your diet in a different <laughs> yeah. way and maybe knock the milk back but yeah exactly that's exactly right I, I probably should have got rid of the milk. I'm a bit, got a bit of, get a bit of diarrhea, but no. <laughs> Mate, you might have come second if you didn't have the milk. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I don't get that. The whole European leg, I just, I dodge it. It's just, it doesn't feel clean. And yeah. Like it's a, in Australia, it's quite a nice, I'm going to call it a substance. It sounds quite weird, but it's quite a nice food as such. And you go overseas and it's all disgusting. It's not nice and stuff like that. So I just sort of, I dodge it. And that's when I really got into, you know, the protein bars and the protein shakes and, every kind of sort of supplement because the food is pretty dodge. Yeah. We spent a fair bit of time in um in Hungary and Europe, so it's it's not the greatest fair bit of pork. Mate, I've not been there. So uh, I've never been to Europe, I hate to say. Uh, that will change one day, but I've never had there. the I've never had the time and the money at the same time to allow for kind of a yeah. couple of months overseas, you know. But um fast forward for me. So you win the race, you get through, you might not even know if you've got a medal, right? Because those boats, are, those kayaks yep. coming through so quick, you don't quite know where you're placed. Yeah. Kenny turns around to you and says, mate, we've come third, you've got a medal. What's the feeling? Uh, it's, a, um, it's a relief, I suppose. I, 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 I knew we'd got third when we crossed the line. It's, um, I heard the beep, I knew we'd been towed up. Obviously, you're not, not focused on that, but you hear a beep and you just head down, going for it, going bananas. What's but, the um, beep for? Is that like a... So it's a beep. Like as the as the winner crosses, as your nose ah, crosses, you hear okay. a beep, beep, beep. Yeah. So you hear what order your beep is when you come through. Yeah. Or well you you know roughly. I know that roughly where our nose is. I'm, I am at the back, so I'm about five meters from the nose. So it's a, it's a, it is a bit of a guess, but you're just giving it to yourself. But I heard the first beep and I just thought, please be like soon, please be soon. Yeah. And then um, we did we did pass, and I'm really good mates. Like it's that's the cool one of the coolest things that. I suppose comes from it. It was my birthday yesterday, so you're getting all these messages and you've got these new friends and it's and it's kinda cool. You got all over the world. Like we could go anywhere. I could 
essentially go anywhere now. And not that I want to train everywhere you go, but you could, you've got all these new friendships. Yeah, so across, network. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. So it's across the line. The two Germans, like we've we've duked it out with them for since 2014. Now, and yeah. it's, you know, one of them had a baby. He proposed on the dice last year. Things like that. So yeah, you, you go to dinner with them when. You know, yeah, I saw you guys were quite connected afterwards. Yeah. There was a lot of congratulations and so, good teammanship. Like you're absolutely frothing. Like it's it's a um crazy crazy moment. Like you just. You can't kind of take it in. Obviously, at the same time, you wanna, you wanted that result, or you wanted yeah. a result. You, were, I was happy. I was pretty content. Like, I wanted to get a medal. That was, I wanted to win. Like, that was the goal. But at the same time, I sat there and looked at it and went, Jesus, like I'm just a little, a little fella from Avoca. Just, I've just, give it to myself, and I'm pretty proud that I've just got to the top nine, like, or top eight, I think it was. So it's, you know. In the same regard, like no one turns up to get second or or get last in the final. So everyone, you got to everyone else is giving it to themselves. Like it's pretty crazy kind of feeling that that it was. So it was a super relief. It was kind of cool seeing like my family and stuff were there. Like we hadn't been on family holiday for like probably eight years. So you had you know your your oldies and mum and dad and my brother. Like we he's been busy doing his work. He did. That's why I've worn the funny sunglasses. By the way. I got a bit of grief for that, but it's, <laughs> I, I um he made a pair back in the day for American Rosso from the radio stations and um they were called Hang Tough, but they stayed on my head. I just shake your Mate, head. I reckon they look cool. I wasn't giving yeah. you a ribbing. No, nah, um, but it's funny. I will now. <laughs> so I, I got him to make us. I got him to make twenty five pairs up for like myself and all the boys and the staff and just little thank yous. Like they do a lot of stuff, and I think a lot of the stuff that we do goes. Sort of by the wayside. Yeah. It's like yeah. we're like little kids. We're like three-year-old kids half of the year. So yeah. they sort of, the unsung heroes behind it. Like they're giving you the data like, oh, you didn't go fast enough in that 50 metres or yeah, things like that. So it's... um, Well, you need yeah. that, don't you? You know, like that's how we improve. Unfortunately, it's one of those things is it's critical evaluation and, yeah. and our own self-criticism that we need to be able to, I guess, pinpoint weaknesses so we can drive forward. That's yeah. been your whole career, mate, you know? Yeah, looking, looking at where you can get better every day. Like that's... Yeah, absolutely. Take one step forward and ten back every day, but you still we got one forward. So, so how was it when uh, when you at some point you're seeing mum and dad and your brother? Yeah. No doubt there's some tears rolling down everyone's faces. Yeah, everyone was everyone was frothing. My girlfriend was over the. She, I, I've still got a sore ear, I reckon. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it was it was it was crazy. Like it was super. Well, I was I was relaxed the whole day. Like and I was just ready for it to be. I I remember waking up that morning and going. You know what? This is the last day I've got to take vitamins. Yeah, and it's not the last day you're going to do it forever, but just the last day with the intensity of take your vitamins, do this, take your whatever, like get it all. It's all on the line. That's it. Like you, everything has to be perfect. It, you, you know, you can't. I suppose you can't get a medal. Yep. Where we are, like, unfortunately, a fair few people did stuff up at the Olympics. Like they were going in with that sort of top three expectations, and mm. they've and they have and they have dropped off, which is which is what happens when you got. 10, 20 people going for the, the it, one it's, thing. It's going to happen. I saw it in the BMX. You know, we had some really yeah. good people in the BMX, male and female, and they all, you know, all, you know, all stuffed up on the day. Yeah, which and, is, it's, and it's it's a it's a critical thing. Like it's you, it's a it's a sad thing, and it's also the the in a way the general public sometimes don't realise that's what people are there to do. They're not there to let that guy win. You know, yeah. Everyone wants that guy's biscuits. Uh, mm. So that's the interesting thing, but yeah, it was a um, it was pretty cool because you get a tracksuit, you get more gear than I could ever think of, like so much aqua. 
Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, you got that one tracksuit only to wear on the dice. Like, so you had to pack it in the morning thinking, I could get a medal today. Like, ah, so, every, so everyone's preparing for that. Yeah, everyone yeah. in the final has to pack. Well, for, for Australia, I presume. But I think a lot of countries are the same. Yeah. But um, you pack that special tracksuit. You've got it in a bag. and Can't rock up in your speedos, can you? <laughs> yeah, I wish you could. <laughs> <laughs> Put the dickies on and get out there. But no... Um, yeah, so you, you, and then all of a sudden, you, like it's rushing here, rushing there, and it's, you know, straight through the media circle and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Like, I've never been on TV. So what happened when you got back to Australia? I'd imagine you you get off the plane. There's there's got to be you know thousands of cameras going <laughs> yeah. off. You got Channel Nine, Seven, Ten, all there. Yeah, I did. A, I did a fair few interviews and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. Like yeah. I had actually no voice. I'd sort of been partying a fair bit. So um, I surprise, sound, surprise. Sounded worse than Darren Locker there, but um. <laughs> But it was it was um it was awesome. It was quite funny actually. The closing ceremony it was pouring rain. Like it was a um terrible night, but it was a great experience. I had no voice whatsoever. I couldn't talk and I had no phone, so I was just standing there like a pole the whole night, useless to the world. But um, you get home and it's just intense. Like everything's just going on. You got this pulling this way, pulling that way. Got a free Vegemite scroll, a coffee, and a beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just little lurks and perks of the job at the time but it was nice not to have to go through the whole customs situation at the airport but it's yeah. that's, that's different you know what I mean like not every day you get to go into a special hangar and get greeted by the the choir singer still call Australia home that gave me goosebumps wow that's amazing that, yeah that was that was a pretty special moment. Like we do love our sport, us Aussies, don't we? Yeah, we <laughs> we're right on anything. What they're saying today in the, the cricket that with the South Africans doing so well, they reckon their economy goes up when the South African cricketers do well. So I think every country is the same. We yeah, the only good thing they got going for them. That's probably why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just between me and you. Yeah, everyone everyone gets on something. So you gotta you gotta ride your little little victories. So it was, it was a great time. So how's life changed, and and you know what now? Uh, moving forward, back into a bit of work and stuff at the moment. Just, oh, no. Yeah, I enjoy it. it, it like I said. So back it, on the tools? Not fully. Just doing a bit of stuff on my own, just cruising. Yeah. Playing with my little dog, Doug, and my girlfriend and stuff That's got to be like starting again, though, doesn't it? You know, yeah. You, you pretty much had four years off in, you know, in some respects. Yeah. You come back here and you've almost got to sort of put a sign at the front saying, you know, Carpenter wants work. <laughs> yeah. I actually rang a bloke I worked for the other week and said, mate, do you want an overqualified labourer? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't literally said to him, I don't need to work or want to work. I just want to, you know, have that bit of productivity. And, yeah. And you need that. I personally need the break from that intensity situation of, of the group and the racing and the, and the training. Like, I'm going to stay fit. I put on a bit of weight. But that's, I've been back in the gym, actually. There's been no surf. So I've been doing a, a fair four gym a week, which is a fair bit. So yeah, been getting to that and trying to get a bit stronger and hopefully set up a bit of a base now, sort of leading into the next four years. So you're going to want to go to the next games. That's the plan, yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm, at this stage, I'm going to give it a shot. What it's, about Ken? He'll be 65 by then. <laughs> yeah, he'll be on the pension, so he'll be, he'll be sweet <laughs> for sponsorship. That's right, he won't have to work. No. He'll get on to be super fun. That was, the, that was, I actually sort of finished the Olympic time, never coming back here again. Yeah. As, as such, like I just thought, just burn out from the experience. Yeah, as yeah, and that was, and it's, it's that's the reality of it. It is, it is intense, but um, sort of took a couple of weeks and enjoyed it, and went, you know what? I'd be stupid not to try again. Yeah. Um, it is, it is a different lifestyle. Like it's unique and it's, it can be fun. I've got to, I'm going to try and tweak a few things. And someone said to me the other day, a guy Dan Collins from the Gold Coast, who's been to a couple of multiple Olympics, he reckons the. The second one is better mm-hmm. because you get to 
you know, try different things and do them. I want to do things better. Like some people in life would say they're training smart and their smart would just be easier. But I think if you try and do it better, it's, it's got to be good. So. And why kayaking? Um, what got you to that? Or where's the passion for kayaking come from? Is it just that you're good at it and you think, you know, I'll just tear, well, tear this for as long as I can? Or yeah. is, it, is it a passion of yours? I well, as a ski paddler through the surf club and I got to the top of that. I've won the Australian title four times with that. So sort of looked where to go and there wasn't, you know, anywhere else to go. It's the same sort of sport, but it's about as similar as BMX and track cycling. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> it's more like dragon boat racing. Yeah, so it's um it's a bit different, but it was a it was another goal. Like, you know, you've got to be driven, you've got to well, you don't have to be driven, but little goals is always good to have and I suppose I set a bit of a cracker to try and do that one. So, um and it, it wasn't it was quite funny. It wasn't a passion and I never thought it was a passion and then I, I hopped in the boat the other day for the first time after I think twelve weeks or something. And I was dreading it. I wasn't looking forward to it. I just went out by myself and did about 2K, which is about a quarter of a session you normally do. But um, I really enjoyed it. Like there's a there's a moment when you're paddling and you can paddle in glass and it's it's glassy water and just you can see how perfect you can get it. Yes. So it's it it's is an art. it is a perfection sport and and that to me is is a challenge in in day to day life. Just trying to get like it it's when it's moving easy. It's so easy, but whilst doing the hardest thing you can think of, it just it just runs like it's so it's it is really rewarding at the same time. It'd be like a swimmer or a runner or anything like that, but it's not as boring as swimming. I suppose I can see trees and birds and sharks and fish and yeah, talk to people. I love talking. I don't stop talking twenty four seven. So do you paddle in the ocean, despite the fact that comps are in still water? Uh, I'd still paddle in the ocean for surf skis and stuff like that. That's that's just for fitness. Yeah, that's a bit of a strength. It's it keeps you. Like we have a thing, you've got to keep your work up front yeah. in the strokes and stuff like that. And that keeps your real strength up the front. And then all the flat water stuff's obviously in the flat. But um, And then that's where the perfection comes in. You can just muscle it and grind it out out there and give it to yourself. But on the on the flat water, you've really got to break your stroke down to about 12 different spots. It's and, finesse rather than yeah, just it's, muscle. It's exact, exactly that. It's a finesse. And, you know, that's when you – like you could go and be a ski paddler and never have a physio session in your life. Mm-hmm. You'll need two a week. I was having three to four a week. Is that right? In the last sort of, yeah, for the last four months of my life. But just due to posture or? Yeah, just getting your hilt tips tilted the right way. Because it, it does look like an upper body sport. I do remember getting my first ever gym program from the Institute of Sport. And I just thought it was upper body, just all pull and push and <laughs> chin ups and stuff. And there was legs in there. I just, I just wiped it. Yeah. And uh, went to my f- I went to the trial, the. In 2012, the Olympic trial in 2012, I ended up getting fifth there in the K1. And I've never had the sore legs in my life. I rung someone and said, mate, my legs blew up, mate. From paddling? Yeah, from yeah, paddling. Cool. And they were like Easter show legs. And I was like, what do you mean? From walking on the Easter show all day. And I was like, yeah, that was about what it was. They were wobbly and you can't walk. Like, So what you're seeing above the water is a bit of rotation from the body and the arms and stuff. Yep. But what's driving all that is, is your legs. Like, It's surprising my legs are quite strong. They don't look the greatest, no calves and that, but... Like, so where are your legs? Your legs are in front, in, in front, front of you, and, yeah. and to the side of Ken. No, nah, but directly behind, behind him. Behind so okay. on, on just a. F- and so full your bar. feet, your feet are up, yeah. Yeah, and in a strap, and some guys used to put shoes, and they got banned. But you have bowling shoes or something, you just strap yourself in. Okay. Not so much anymore because you, a lot of Europeans um, can't swim, so they <laughs> can't really be stuck underwater in there. But yeah, so that 
sort of you got your foot straps and a foot plate and that's that's where the pivotal of the movement comes like that's that's where it comes from that's the driving force behind what we do and it's it's surprising like everyone just goes oh you you know you we paddle or the majority of people say we row which i ride with that anyway i don't mind mm. but um you know you do that oh it's upper body you're strong and yeah we're i think we're pretty bloody strong for what we try and do but yeah a lot of it comes from your legs it's quite interesting developing finesse must be very frustrating for a young guy because I'd imagine particularly, um, you know, and look, I, I know Vocal Surf Club and I know the kind of guys you paddle with and, yeah. you know, uh, you know, and I, I know the pissing contests that go on, who's better, who's faster, who's stronger, who's more powerful. Yeah. And that's just normal in life, right? But it's when, when, when you introduce finesse like that, you can't out-muscle it, can you? It's not a case of, <laughs> like, applied power with form is always going to give you the best outcome. Yeah, exactly. But you can't muscle form. You can't push your way through that. Nah, so you can you could get 600 meters out pretty good. Yeah, and not then, to maintain it, and yeah. then you'd be done. But um, that's and that's why that sort of intelligent training which I work on with my coach Matt, um, just mentally wise and not so much you know the the on water stuff here yeah, that comes from my coach up here Jimmy Owens. But what Matt teaches me like the the lower level stuff like the you know the stuff we could talk for two hours, mm-hmm. but you're trying just to get the exact moment feeling efficiency getting it right for every single stroke is where it comes to and so you're talking you know like the the angle at which your yeah. paddle enters the water it releases yep. the water all that kind of stuff yeah, it's just exactly. stroke efficiency yeah stroke efficiency and getting the maximum for what you're doing each time is, is the hard part and and you'll watch a majority of people will go oh it's an easy session but they'll win the session but will they win the session within themselves like will they get that you know that correct positioning yeah. for their stroke today or anything like that and only you know that right yeah exactly yeah. and that's and that's the like the personal victories you have to take um i like i love watching people that's sort of what i, I like watching people paddle do anything i just watch mannerisms and stuff like that but um these people they'll go to training even in the in the higher level stuff they go to training and their reward for training that day will be winning will mm-hmm. be winning an effort that'll be that'll be what feeds their ego not and for me personally, that's not what ever fed my ego because I never won anything as a youngster. So it wasn't yep. wasn't what I do. So now I'm sort of I've had a bit of a coaching role for the last few years, just through the surf club and town and stuff. And obviously not since I've been based up here. But do you want to train your ego to win an effort, or do you want to train to better yourself for the end goal in you know six, ten weeks, six months time? Like that's that's the end. What you're really there for, you know, you could be fit. Or you can be the most perfect at what you do and get it mm. right mm. every single day, knowing that you want to put your best foot forward on that line in ten weeks is but is what you do. It's for. a very mature approach, mate. I must say, because when you talk about fitting your ego, I don't think that's something that anyone um, goes out to seek to do, but it's what most do do. Yeah, and and it's, and it's not an issue with what people do. It's just what you know. How good do people feel when they get home? And they go to their mum or their dad or their girlfriend or whatever it is, and go, oh, "How good is that? I beat such and such today." Like. I know now I go to sessions and places and I just I just bump along at the moment and just go in different spots. But I get towed up. I get towed up a lot at training. Like that's that's great fun. Like yeah. but I know within myself, you know, you're training to your 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 zones, your your heart rate zones. You're not overdoing it. Like if you don't do all your aerobic sessions at the right percentages and stuff like that, yep. you've wasted your opportunity of, of getting that 
that that fitness in your body. So you're working to a strategy. Yeah. So you you know you've you've set your you've set your competition. You've worked back to your maybe you know your minimum hopefully twelve weeks. That's what I got left now of selection. So mm. I better pull my finger out. But um you know you've you've only got so many aerobic sessions, anaerobic sessions, lactate lactate tolerance. You know you gotta gotta maximize each one of those. If you if you miss one or you do it incorrectly. It's wasted. Like, might as well just had a good time. You might have to up your milk to four liters. Oh, I'd be a bit crook then. Then I'd have to come and see you. <laughs> hey, I know we gave um, your partner, old Kenny, a uh, ribbon before about his age. Uh, I want to talk about his age because I'm I'm a massive believer in the fact that uh, athletes can get better as they age. Uh, you know, not everyone agrees, and uh, that's not always proven. But he's he's case in point, right? Where you know, and it's the same for a lot of golfers, and it's yeah. same for people that are in sports that have longevity in them. How old is he, and um, how long has he got left to go? So he's 32. Yep. I think he's 32. Yep. So he'll be 34 at the next one. Next one, yep. Which is which is pretty all right, but. What I have heard is you've got to uh, maintain your your strength and your speed. Like he'll be able to paddle very, very well, and I think he will be able to do it very well. Yeah. But that's I've heard that's what you got to you know you got to I've actually got a bit on the chalkboard up there maintain speed. <laughs> but um, like you know you got to speed something that disappears from your body like that, and it's it's quite an interesting thing that you need to you need to stand on top of the little things. Like I know from me personally, I was doing a the 200 meter race, which took about 35 seconds, and jumped across to the thousands with Kenny in 2014, and slowly but surely, with the endurance training that I'm throwing in and trying to do, obviously that's what I'm doing now. The bit longer, my speed's not what it was, and that's what my goal is for sort of the next six weeks, eight weeks, is get your strength back, get your speed back, you know, get that stuff. So for him, I think I don't know what his personal goals are, but that's what I'd be. You know, maintain trying to get that stuff to stay there because you, you you're going to be mentally tough. You know, you've been through you've been through the life's hardships. You've been through all that stuff. You're going to have it. Yes. So it's it's pretty. Hopefully for him, he, he does do that, and he then make Tokyo. He'll be firing. He'll be playing the Game Boy and having a cracking time. <laughs> so with the last six years being such a significant change, you know, the guy that had the bet at Avoca Surf Club that he could get to an Olympics with his mate, uh, the guy that got into the boat and fell out the other side, you know, on his, on his first race. Six years you get to this point now of such significant accolades and such a, a personal achievement of sorts. Um, how does... How does this influence your life, Lockie? What have been the takeaways for you? Does this tell you that you're capable of anything? You know, like if, you know, like could you pick up a guitar and, you know, be on stage in six years? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of mental application with passion and drive. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I, I, that's a quite a funny thing. Like I, I reckon, I'm not saying I could, but I think that's, you know, there's a, a, there's a rule I've heard, the thousand hour rule. That's right, yeah. Um, I don't know how long I've spent, but I think I've done a while. Yeah. But I don't think you could do any sport you do, but I think if you put six years into anything pretty solid, you could be at a pretty good level. Like, obviously, you couldn't... I don't think you could just chime into a team sport like rugby league or rugby union. Yep. As, obviously, it's it's a bit hard to sort of pick up that. But, yeah. yeah, you could probably jump into triathlon and, you know, in two years, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty good. And then to go that next 1%, 2% would be an absolute killer. Like, but... I think that, you know, the mental and you've got to have that drive to get things right To in six years. I think that's a pretty bloody long time. Mm. What are your other passions, mate, outside of um, paddling kayaks and spending time in the ocean? Oh, mate, I just kill to surf every day, eh? Just um, love to surf, right yeah. waves, yep. Yeah, just... Mate, you're in the place for it. 
Yeah, that's it. I bought a brand new board. It's sitting right next to us actually, and nice. um, bought it. That was my, that was my little mental kicker goal to get home from Rao and go brand new board. Just gonna buy one. Just need to have it. I haven't ridden it yet because there's been no surf. So, mm-hmm. but um, that's that is my passion and just to chill out. Like, it's just I'm pretty cruisy, eh? Yep. <laughs> so just relax, spend time with a chick, but um. Like my lawn, that, maybe? Would, that would be your beautiful girlfriend, the, yeah, the chick you talk about. <laughs> she will listen to this, mate. So you yeah. make sure you be a good, uh, a good boyfriend. Hey, yeah. talking about mowing your lawns, mate. I read that you've got some crazy thing that you've got to uh, mow your lawns before you head off for an event or something. Is that right? Yeah, I wrote that as a bit of a, a bit of a piss take, but it is true. Like it, it came from uh, more of a, a lazy, a lazy son for my parents. Yeah, and then, then living that sort of gypsy lifestyle, that sort of two, three years from twenty twelve through to. You know, 2013, end of 14, every time I go away, I just mow the lawns. Yeah. Mum would rig me like as I'm at the airport, oh, thanks for mowing the lawns. And <laughs> she wouldn't look at my bedroom downstairs or my living area. It was just chockers full of garbage. Yeah. But she'd be stoked about the lawn, so I just kept doing it and just... That was your way of being remembered. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't your lawn, it was mum's lawn. Yeah, it was my parents' lawn. And then oh. moving, in, moving in here, I just, I don't do much, so vacuum, mow, cook and clean. Mate, you're the perfect catch. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I'm a stay-at-home mum without kids. <laughs> mate, yeah. it's been an awesome conversation. Um, so stoked, mate, to have someone that I know from the local town of Avoca there. Uh, we're all super proud of you, mate, as Australians are, of course, but I know the, uh, the boys and girls down home have just yeah. been beside themselves with excitement. Uh, all the best to you, mate. I hope that the uh, the next four years brings you happiness and joy and that you can get yourself back to the... Where are the next games, by the way? Uh, they're in Tokyo. Tokyo, nice. It should be pretty, pretty fun. But at the end yeah. of the day, like you got to enjoy what you do, and if I can do that, I'll do anything. You know what? I think that's a good takeaway, mate. You know, yeah. have fun. If you love it, do it regularly. Yeah, you're going to get good at it. You're going to have a good outcome. That's exactly right. Lockie Tame, ladies and gentlemen, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Caravan Conversations, proudly produced by PSE Supplements. To see more about the podcast, including notes from the episode, please visit caravanconversations.com.